Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden, and also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan, Keith Steigert, Uber Reader, and Romance Junkie. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. Oh, so this right. was like, if you could not leave your house, what are the 15 things you yeah, would you want have to have? Yeah, you have to have 15 right. things, yeah. Avocado. One avocado. Just one. Avocado. Just the one. Toi- it's only a half, too. <laughs> Toilet paper. A speaker, a book, toothbrush. Just one freaking book. And a vibrator, so it's probably a woman, actually. Or a very smart man. Hmm. <laughs> Who's I like, don't know. It has a clitoral thing, so you're probably not talking about a dude. Yeah, but if he's like, look what I got. Maybe he has his own clitoral. Oh, I see. Not what Martha like, said. This is how he brings all the milkshakes. Yeah, he's bringing all the milkshakes to the yard. He took that song to heart. God, this tea is divine, especially when you pair it with a snickerdoodle. Which tea do you? Ha- which tea did you get sent, Martha? Oh, by the way, we want to thank mm-hmm. Plum Deluxe Tea. These people are awesome. They reached out to us and asked if they could send us some samples of their tea. And they know how much I love tea. I am a total tea freak. And they sent us a whole bunch of different kinds of teas. The cool part about these teas is that when you serve them as an iced tea, people are really impressed because they're such a complex tea. For example, the one I'm drinking right now is a red velvet dessert tea. And it tastes like heaven in a cup. Mine is very chocolatey, as if anyone were surprised by that. Chocolate mint, like the cookie, oolong tea. Oolong. Oolong Oolong. tea. We're we're teaching Megan about tea. She didn't really know. I'm trying really hard. We're introducing her to the tea world. (laughs) Yeah. Because it is a whole new world over here. Whole new world. (laughs) And I will say, the one that Megan's drinking, as soon as I opened that bag, it smelled like... Like a thin mint cookie. Did, oh my yeah. god, it, it does smells smell so like a good. thin mint. It is truly Holy crap, chocolate it mint. It smells good. I'm gonna have to try this one next. Yes. Yeah. If there's one thing I love is chocolate mint. In fact, the only kind of uh, uh, protein bars I will eat are chocolate mint. They smell like your protein bars. Oh, they do. They smell. They exactly. smell like your protein bars. Oh, I'm. All right. I actually have some used tea leaves right here that I've been sniffing. It looks like you're about to take a chaw. <laughs> like my grandpa, you know, I might put some chow in. So t- uh, Keith has a very appropriate <laughs> little tea receptacle thingy to put the because these are loose teas. These are these are loose teas, so you have to have the little ball. I have a little ball with the little teacup on it. They it's also sent cute. us one. At, That's the, a heart, the heart shaped one. Now, I actually have one at home that's a spoon. Oh. You like pinch it open <laughs> and scoop it up and it closes by itself. And Keith has the very appropriate shaped um, dinosaur. Cool. Nessie. I asked for this for Christmas for three years and everybody thought it was a big old joke. Like I had it on my Amazon wish list and no one would buy it for me. And I had to be like, I had to say, Mr. Keith, I really, really, really want it. Like comes in a set of two, like a green one and a blue one. And I was like, I really, really, really want the dinosaur teeth. I need to show you the one that my sister bought me because it's really freaking awesome. It's like a Victorian picture of a woman who's like putting on like her petticoat or whatever. So she's like getting dressed and it says, nah, tea. 
<laughs> and it has like the little thing that goes inside of it that you can put your tea bag into. Uh-huh. It's too big to put loose tea in there. Uh. But you can put your tea bag in there and it has a lid so you oh, can steep cool. it. So what kind of tea do you have, Keith? Uh, I have best friend's advice tea with St. John's wort and mango. Mm, Mango's like mango. my favorite. That sounds delicious. I freaking oh, love mango. And now you can actually say you know what your best friend's advice tastes like. Is that a good thing or a Mr. bad thing? Keith said, oh, Mr. really? Keith was like, how's your best friend's advice taste? As long as it doesn't taste like a bitter pill, I guess I you're okay. Say, right? <laughs> it tastes like tears. <laughs> it tastes like sadness. <laughs> it tastes like delicious mangoes. Right. Yeah. If your best friend's advice tea tastes like sadness, it's time to get a new best friend. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's just like your mopey. It'd be like Eeyore. Is that like Eeyore's tea? Mm-hmm. Like, <sighs> right. <laughs> well, we're glad you're, their best friend's tea is not Eeyore, that it is Happy Mango. Does I'm anyone want to know what me. tea I'm know. drinking? Oh, oh, sure. oh I forgot to yeah. ask. Yes, mine. I'm drinking Rainy Day. What the heck does that say? <laughs> You know, that was on mine, too, and I don't know how to pronounce it. It's P... Is that a U or... P-U-E-R-H. It must be a type of tea. I'm drinking Rainy Day, which actually is a popular poo episode with the rainy... With this umbrella. 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 (laughs) Umbrella. It's kind of like... It reminds me of like a type of chai. It's got like cinnamon and orange peel and ginger and so all of this tea is staying here at my house right so long as you don't drink it all before i come <laughs> over next like, time Haha, i'm 17 states away bitches you can't have mine you mean we didn't send you a return envelope for that tea no when we see you in colorado we'll do a swap a swap i was just gonna say in colorado you guys could partake of my tea yeah, yeah, and actually one of these little bags, that's that's going to make... That's a lot of, that's tea. a lot of tea. We could all yeah, have s- some of each. Plum Deluxe is... I don't know if you guys have, have seen their website, but they are just an incredible group of people. I love them. Yeah, we we always like when we get care packages and goodies. I know, right? <laughs> and they knew all about us. Like that was they a did. Megan's chocolate crazy and And rachel wasn't able to join us today but they said something about rachel's love of tequila but they did not send us a tequila tea though no 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 whiskey tea no whiskey tea have to make our own damn it we can maybe put a splash of whiskey in it there you go yep i will put a link to them on the website they have so many different kinds of tea that you'll totally be spoiled for choice in here there's even a toasted know, right? a toasted marshmallow fireside chat black buttery shortbread herbal oh my god that, that sounds, sounds like, so good it really does <laughs> there's an independence blend tea no seriously right, though you yeah. guys how awesome would this be if you had like a little party over at your house or something and you made iced tea out of one of these oh well, they have tea of the month boxes that you can purchase. Really? And you can get tea sent tea to your house month. once a month. Uh-oh. Now, that's what I'm talking Martha about. Martha is like clicking the subscribe <laughs> button right now. I am. I'm looking at it. I mean, throw a book in there and we, we'd never see Martha yeah. again. No, we'd have to come and like steal her tea and her book just to record the podcast. We'd be Thanks. knocking on her door. You need to come out now. Let us in. We must podcast. But if you if you check out the um, the plumdeluxe.com, 
They have a section in there for community resources too, which is super cool. Three-minute audio MP3s uh, to help you shift your mindset and improve your day. Random acts of tea love. Nice. Tea time coloring pages. Oh, coloring pages are always up our alleys. For the love of cookies. Oh, raise his hand. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Cookies. That's just some of them. Painting with tea. There's a whole bunch of stuff in here. So cool. Plum Deluxe, will you be our best friends? Pretty please. (laughs) Right? That's what I was thinking. (laughs) That's so awesome. Can we do a live event in Oregon so we can go up there to the tea place? (laughs) I think maybe Phyllis and Farah could maybe uh, set us up with. Yeah. We can detour through forks. Oh, you guys. I mean, I would be okay. Yeah. We could take a little day trip. Tea tasting in that huge bookstore. Um, What's that one called? Oh, Powell's. Powell's. Oh, wouldn't that be the dream? Uh, By the way, Megan, I just reread. Midnight song. Did you? I love it. <laughs> me, me, you, and, and Rachel can side trip to Forks yep. and meet everybody back at the, at the Pow- at Powell's. We have to go meet our vampire friends. Yeah. Got to go see if he's lurking around somewhere. I think he's a little preoccupied with Batman suit right now, though. Mm-hmm. So if you are interested in meeting our new best friends, Plum Deluxe, plumdeluxe.com slash tea shop. We'll have a link them on the website yes the guy was so nice when we were emailing back and forth he was just the sweetest he was really fun i mean yeah i just love the fact that he knew about us i mean he wasn't just one of these random people that like says hey will you read my book and and can i be on your show they have no idea they have no idea how we really do things so they send us their book and it's a um a self-help for males yeah, give like, it to me. You know that we're that's three. My, book that's my girl. bedtime read right there. Read like one page and fall asleep. I know I read like a forty to sixty year old man, but see, it's your. It's all. It's all because of your book choices. That's Bonnie. just war. That's only when it has to. I don't need a self help to make me a better man on the inside. <laughs> Maybe you do need to be a better man. Oh my! Can find a better man. man. Um, I've never been so jealous on the outside because she's a woman on the outside now. (laughs) We're time traveling again, by the way. Yes. I dog sat last night. And have you ever tried to sleep with three dogs? No. They woke me up at 430 this morning and I've been up ever since. Mm. I had to get up at six to be at the parade at seven. And then I had some stuff all before this. I was like, I want to nap so hard. Well, I drank a very large coffee on my way here. I probably should have put some espresso or something in my in a hot chocolate <laughs> before I left the house. I had the radio cranked up so loud, like probably the whole city could hear me because I was like, must stay awake driving, must stay awake. Roll your window down. Yeah, I had the, the air on and I turned, I had an audio book going and it was putting, it was like too soothing. And then I put the radio on and Olivia Rodrigo was on. So I jammed out really hard and it was all good. Martha's favorite person on the planet. I don't know who that is. Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. She's an angsty teenager. Tyler plays her stuff for me all the time. You gotta listen to the song, Mom. It's real big on... Everywhere. What's what's the thing that you guys... TikTok. TikTok. What's 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 that thing that the kids are using? TikTok. So you're saying I would know it from TikTok. 
I do that all the time. I say to my kids, like, something will come on the radio, and I'm like, that's a TikTok song. And they're like, oh, my God, Mom. No, it's like a real song. It's like, no, not for me. Something about, you know, young love. Just I don't understand how millions of, co- of like, co-actors aren't... Anytime you're kissing somebody that many times for a movie, I mean... It would, it would be hard actor. not to, you know, you, you know, can't like kiss somebody for right. like the whole day and then go to, back like, to normal. Be like, oh, yeah, this is my job and I'm not attracted to you, even though I've kissed you a hundred times and seen you naked. Like, I mean, that's like every party that I went to when I was a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> I've kissed you for an hour and I've seen you naked. But then what the kind next, of parties were you going then to? Then the next day you're just like, hey. hey. <laughs> I went to different parties. Nice boobs. I did too. You look different with pants on. Bonnie was going to very different parties than I was. Listen, I was from a small town. There wasn't much to do. Yeah, did she mention one of those was her cousin? You can't say shit like that when I'm about to take a drink of water. That's why I did it. She had the glass up to her mouth. I'm like, oh, the spit take is coming. I never got past second base with my cousin. And to be fair, I didn't know he was my cousin when we started. I mean, when when you're from a small town, sometimes the family tree doesn't go far enough just ask those royals they can tell you <laughs> right it's like those that's uh, what it is i'm a royal the royal team it's like I the dalmatian the dalmatian line within the know. family oh yeah look at that dalmatian over there yeah that's my second cousin once removed oh no that's my first cousin what the hell what are you talking about dalmatians what are you talking dogs about? purebreds we... oh. oh you guys not getting where i'm where i'm going yeah, with this at inbred. all come on uh, I, I didn't I know don't that. mind dogs being half of them are born insane because there's there's not enough dalmatian they're they're too closely related their genes are their genes mm. there's are not just... enough difference in the gene pool interesting i did yeah. not i learned well, something is there new. a dog that's very closely like resembling a dalmatian that no, they could like really hmm. no. they're very specialized well soon aren't they going to be all like really gross and stuff like and have not limbs and born with well that's one of the reasons why purebreds have so many more health problems like if you right. own a purebred, which I mean, you do. It, this was new. Well, look at how many problems that Echo has. Yep. And I mean, she's a rescue. It's not like I bought her from a breeder or whatever. But because you know the line is so inbred, she's got you know allergies and anxiety. She's and- deaf. Yeah, anytime your kids are like looking at their cousin like they're a snack, you, you just say, look. <laughs> Here's what happens. You see that dog over there? See that dog. Could you tell everybody in my family because I have no words for how quickly this disintegrated into <laughs> I seriously terrible. have been to family gatherings when everyone's been drinking and not me personally, but they were hitting on somebody else in the family and they're like second cousins and they're like well, second cousins is all right. It's just first that you can't you can't do. So you want to you you want to go for a ride? We'll hook up. Well, which, no. are, which are the cousins that are kissing cousins? You've never heard the, of that? Kissing cousins is sort of what we're talking about here. Is it that is that second cousins or is it like? I think it's just that? cousins. Listen, no. Any kind of cousins? Cousins you're not supposed to kiss. But then like if they're so removed, then they're kissing cousins. 
I don't know about that. I'm not Googling that to find out. <laughs> I don't know how far I away. learned the hard way. Okay. She doesn't want her algorithm screwed up, so she nope. won't Google stuff for us anymore. Nope. <laughs> She's no fun. Why wouldn't you just, you can go under like anonymous or whatever the hell that Oh, in cog- then... incognito mode? Yeah, that thing. What? No. Yeah, there's a, you can go incognito mode. So that it doesn't. So it doesn't here. fuck up your algorithm. Well, what about all? Is that what pedophiles do? That's awful. I didn't know you could do that. Um, I don't even think they're using Google. I think they're using the dark web. Right. <laughs> they're in like Uh-oh. the darker, darker Google. Nah. Okay. According to Urban Dictionary, look, look, it's any cousin that's not a first cousin. I think we should go back to the twelve thing. Fifteen. Fifteen. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, I I know my handful of fifteen. I didn't make a list. Handful of 15. A handful of 15. Well, first, let's okay. explain. We need to explain okay. what the article says because we're going to share the article, right? Yeah. Who has it up? I have I it up. Oh, yeah. So the article was a kind of like almost like an art project. It kind of sounded like that somebody had started like, here are the 15 things during this pandemic that I realized I could not live without. So 15 things you could not live without during the pandemic. And then you're supposed to take a picture of those things yes yeah so there's things uh different people put up their coffee press journals cameras shoes like tennis shoes that must have been doing a lot of walking what the hell what they were outside like exercising should have done that better like they should have instead of like 15 things you can't live without like 15 things that were really important to you during the pandemic or something because some of these things I could live without. I just wouldn't want to. Or And like the lady with the ants, there's no way. Well, maybe she, she has an ant farm. There's no way she can't live without eating nasty Maybe ants. she was oh, really she was really eating them? Lonely and she yes, talked they're to they're edible big ass ants in a bowl. They're called like nope. large ants or something. I'm noping. Large ants. edible ants. Yeah, nope. Nope, nope, nope. nope. Yeah, so it just covered in chocolate and gold. But we should also point out chocolate and gold. That person's from Colombia, so maybe it's a delicacy there. Oh, maybe, but yuck. But yuck. Hey, protein is protein, you guys. No, that's true. Be nice and crunchy. But I agree with the people in the computer. Like if if it's truly just like current day and not like Walking Dead style, because so many of my friends (laughs) live far away. Like if right. we hadn't and been we able did, to zoom and stuff, yeah, like our Friday night zoom call where we met you, Keith, yeah, for the yeah. first time. I take honestly, I take issue with the fact that okay, I feel like some of the pictures were, God, maybe just like a horrible garbage human being, but like the first like seven on my list would be technological shit, like my. Now I'm going to sound like a freaking like snob or something, but like my tablet, my e-reader, my second e-reader for when my first reader like runs out of juice and I'm not <laughs> used to it. Uh, my like Apple watch, my computer, like my laptop, like my Roku. What's a Roku? <laughs> you you plug it the into your that TV. that lets you watch oh, like streaming stuff. It turns your TV into a smart TV. Cable. Mm. I, I'd say my computer... Books my in general. Friends. I had to, I have two computers. I needed both of those for my job and my and my soundboard. I'm not sure I would microphone. have survived without my William Sonoma hot chocolate. My life didn't really change that much with the pandemic. She worked. Mm, because I worked working. every day, so 
I mean, yeah. it would be um, people still had to use their banks. Yeah, and yeah, I but sure there, was there some, like was there something that people in during bank. the pandemic that you were like, oh, I didn't realize how much I use this until like I'm stuck in the house. So mine wouldn't Poor be stuff that, that if you were stuck at home, it would be stuff so that you could go like a mask, mm. hand sanitizer, lotion because the hand sanitizer dries your hands out so yeah. much. Sure, that's what you needed the lotion. No, I don't. I don't use lotion for that. I have my own special yam lube. Yeah. <laughs> I have to use yeah, like, yeah. It's edible too, so no. you know if you, why it's why? it's on a Netflix, yeah. Netflix show. Is it? Yeah. Oh wait, is this the Sex Life show? No, this was Grace and Frankie. Yeah, uh, it's oh, pretty oh, freaking yes. hilarious. Did anybody else see the Olympic athlete male track runner who had an unfortunate shorts problem during <gasps> his race? No. <laughs> Did he flop free whilst running? Oh, yeah. And then they played it back in slow-mo. So you could watch it all flop out in slow-mo? But I don't think they realized. Like, I think they were just... Because it was like a short race, I think. So they were like playing it back to show the winner. Um, Someone should send him some bike shorts. Oh, dear. So like track shorts will have like a lining. And then like the outer fabric. Okay. And it was like... The inner out of the inner part? No. Yeah. It was out of the like outer fabric, still in the inner fabric. So it was like a big ball of junk? Yes. Oh. <laughs> I literally Googled like balls out Olympic track. <laughs> balls out. Is that so like did knives he still out? Win? Like did he win or lose? I don't. I don't did remember. Him- she was too hyper focused. I was on like, the "What is that?" Well, because it, it was on TikTok, so it popped up. So it like was played, <laughs> and then I was, up. and then I was like, "What the hell did I just watch?" Feels so bad if he did poorly because of that, you know. But it would be hard to keep running really fast. When well, if it was, oh no, I don't think around. he gave a two shits. If it was a photo finish, maybe it flopped out and gave him the edge. Olymp- oh, there's a whole <laughs> video that says. Olympic 20 inappropriate Olympic moments shown on live TV Two like swimsuit malfunctions in um, <laughs> synchronized swimming. I saw those. Cause well, I think we should probably stop talking about we should probably genitalia. We should probably talk about move books right along to the main event of the show. I wonder if Plum Deluxe realizes. I mean, that's I mean, they've listened to us long enough to know what chocolate yeah. and things we like so tea, i'm feeling like tea and dick i feel like they probably know it's funny how we really tried to stay away from we dick, try but, but it, it always there. comes right back no matter what i think it's because we get around each other weird. and we're not afraid to talk about whatever we want i should have freaking sent you guys the damn mm. link the minute i saw it for you that. should have i and i'm, I'm, I'm very I'm, disappointed I'm very that di- you did not i'll, I'll see if i can deep I thought dive we trained you better than that I, I will try to deep dive the dark black hole that is tiktok Vonnie, what depression era are we going into today? I have a dad book. She was in mythic areas once. I was, uh, I'm embracing the penis within. (laughs) (laughs) So I read a very, very guy book, which was actually recommended by one of the people in our tribe. Mm, What? Yes. And it is called. Did Scott get in touch again? (laughs) No, but uh, Scott wrote this book. It's called Lawrence in Arabia by Scott Anderson. And um, one of our tribe members, after listening to me review the Middle Eastern books that I reviewed a couple weeks ago, Mm -hmm. she recommended this book to me. So I decided, what the heck, let's give it a try. 
Um, this book actually had a lot of moving parts. I might have to read it a second time to get the full effect because there's a lot of stuff that, because everything is happening so fast. And this is basically kind of the history about the Middle East and how the Middle East became what it is today. And so it goes, you know, like from before World War One and then past World War One. The main person in this, Lawrence of Arabia, is actually Thomas Edward Lawrence, and he was a British archaeologist and an army officer and a diplomat. And he actually had a really big role in the um, Arab Revolt. Arab. Arab. Arab, sorry. The Arab Revolts um, against the Ottoman Empire during the First World War. So there's a lot of spies and deceit and sheer coldness on all parties in this book. I mean, just it, it's just a back and forth and you never know who's trustworthy and who isn't trustworthy when they're talking about the different um, officers and diplomats and everything else. And like a lot of the people who were spies, they would parade as like playboys who were just on vacation to go to the Holy Lands. And really, they were trying to find out stuff under the radar. So there's a lot of strings going on all at one time in this book, but it, it still is very interesting. Um, I think I probably would have gotten into it a little bit more if it focused on one specific person because it just moved around so much. It was hard to get a feeling or to connect with a character in the book. And I, I kind of find that a lot in some of the war books that I read. Some of them are very personable and you can connect with the characters and with the soldiers who are going through specific battles but then some of them are so hyper focused on all of the battles and everything that's going on that it's hard to focus in on just one person and unfortunately I kind of found that problem with this book I still enjoyed it and I still might go back and read it a second time to try to pick up more of the things that I missed but um because it, it was interesting. And of course, whenever before World War One, when oil started becoming more in demand because of the armies and the navy and, you know, ships and, you know, the automobiles that were just starting to come into play, um, a lot of people went to the Middle East looking for oil. So oil has played such a huge part in the history and still plays a huge part in the Middle Eastern culture today. Absolutely, it does. And um, another thing that was big, especially during the wars, is the Suez Peninsula. Mm -hmm. Because if... They didn't have the, it, whoever had access to the peninsula could get their soldiers back and forth easier than having to go all the way around Africa. So it would shade time off of 
how soon they could attack. So there was a lot of, of battles in the Suez Peninsula also. Which is also where that truck, that boat just got stuck a couple months back was oh, the Suez yeah, Canal because yeah. that's the cut through. Huh. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-mm. But of course, um, like... Wait, did that get stuck? In the, I thought that got stuck at the in the Panama. No. Panama I'm pretty sure. Th- I thought so. that was Panama. I don't think Suez, so. I think. I think I'm 99% sure it was Suez. Hmm. Ooh, 99. I don't know. I might have to challenge you on Please, that one, Megan. I invite Look you to Look Google. Look it up while I continue my review. Yep. Because I'm going to have a mic drop moment. And um, there was also, as if there wasn't enough stuff going on with this book, with all of the wars between, you know, Turkey and the Ottoman Empire and everything going on in Jerusalem and, you know, the um, the bias against, between, or the, not the bias, but the um, problems or the fighting between the Muslims and the Christians and the Jews and everything else, you also had at this time swarms of locusts. Of course. That were going through (laughs) and demolishing farms, killing cattle or cattle and livestock. And I didn't know this about locusts, but did you know that if you leave your cattle and even people out during these locust swarms they will um drink the liquid out of your eyes and make you blind holy crap that's disgusting yeah i was like oh my god so besides totally did not know that all of the you know another nightmare that's that's nightmare nightmare fuel fuel. right i know right it is (laughs) it's like holy shit so you know besides the the poorness and the fighting and you know, all of the almost genocide between all the Christians and the Jews and the Muslims and everything else in all of these countries, you had these swarms of locusts that were going through. So people were devastated from war and then were starving to death because these locusts have eaten all of their crops, killed their livestock and everything else. And come after their eye liquid. (laughs) Right, and (laughs) eating their eyeballs because, holy crap, hundreds of thousands of people were just destitute and starving to death and uh it was part of these this book was like brutal and then you have the sheer coldness of the arabians like for instance in one part they were talking about prisoners of war and they were trying to negotiate a trade for prisoners and the arab officer that they were talking to said that if they gave him back their prisoners of war they were disrespectful and they would just kill him anyways holy shit i was like are you kidding well, me because because i and it's i could be cultural thing i would say i could it be a very thing. misspeaking this but i feel like it's more of an honor to be killed than it is to be captured well, in return it's kind of like well ja- japan had the same yes. mindset right. during the war or during this time too yeah. it was it was i'm a martyr syndrome right yes it was it, it was better to die than lose honor if yes. you lost honor then it affected your whole family mm-hmm. everybody was just you were i mean banished yeah. basically and so yeah and i believe that, that you were both correct in that 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 was very 
part of their culture. Right. Yeah. It it is. If we're incorrect, someone please feel free to dishonor on us. you, dishonor on your cow. <laughs> okay, right. Mulan. Don't forget your goat. <laughs> And you're going, which is okay because the locusts have already eaten their eyeballs, so they can't see anyways. <laughs> so they're blind. But yeah, this was uh, this was an interesting. There was a lot of parts of this book that were very interesting. And um, now I kind of want to read the book and then rewatch the movie because I've watched that movie in several. Well, I haven't watched the movie at all, but I mean, I looked and saw. It's a know, long of it. movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was an actual, this book was longer than what I thought it was going to yeah. be. It's like 29 hours long. It's, yeah. it's, it's a like a three hour book. movie. It's yeah. like Titanic length movie. Forget about that. Yeah. No, thank you. But I wish I could be a little more specific about what happened to make the Middle East the Middle East. But really, to tell you the truth, it all has to do with the fighting against the fighting between the religions I was going to say religion is number one. And the oil. Everybody went into the Middle East looking for oil to beef up their military. Mm-hmm. So, of course. So they could all fight each other over religion. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that one thing that was kind of interesting that it talked about is um, Lawrence of Arabia. He did a lot of studies on medieval fighting like mm. armies and that and how they fought and and medieval medieval times and he said that when the fighting broke out in the middle east that it actually was a lot the same yeah not as high tech even for probably right. the era yeah mm-hmm. uh martha mm. was i right you were right yes <laughs> it was the suez canal Yes. Ten points for Ravenclaw. Yeah, Ravenclaw, Ravenclaw gets gets the points this time. Gryffindor has to sit this one out. Hufflepuff was just listening. <laughs> that's right. Hufflepuff just laughs at y'all. Well, that's why they were talking about like computer parts and everything were taken well, because yeah, they were all that, stuck in the Suez Canal. For some reason, I kept thinking it was Panama. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it was an extremely interesting book, and I wasn't really surprised that it was based around religion and oil because that's pretty much what's going on right now with a lot of parts of the Middle East, and it it was interesting. I I still enjoyed it, and that was Lawrence in Arabia by Scott Anderson. You know, also if I can just make a really quick. Correction from when I reviewed Band of Sisters. I said something about the Nazis who decimated all of these villages. This was World War One, so it was the Germans, just uh, not the Nazis. Just not the Nazis. Uh, yeah. I thought of, I thought about that later. I was like, I'm such an idiot. That was, that was World two, War One. That was two weeks ago now. Yeah, that was time traveling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, we own when we screw it up. All right. Keith? I know I you've been. Ter- I know you've been busy. What? Didn't- no, I was going to say I didn't read anything about Germans or Nazis. I thought you. I thought you just said I didn't read anything, and I was going to say, how dare you show up to this podcast without having done your homework? God. Now That's who's right. getting scolded? I just came in to like smile and hold laugh out your y'all. hand. I'm going to smack it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go ahead. She just wanted to talk uh, penis. So the <laughs> you just. You're just here for the dick talk. That's right. I just kind of, and to show hey, off my dinosaur. that rhymes with TikTok. Absolutely not. <gasps> what? Haven't we made one of those? It's mm. TikTok. 
TikTok. I bet you there's and a hashtag for that. And I bet we could get a shirt with that on it. And this has been Dick, Dick Talk life. with Three Book Girls. <laughs> I bet there is like... I don't know, though. I think that probably viol- violates community TikTok guidelines. Like, everything on TikTok is subgenres. Like, I'm on book talk. And like there's smut talk and I bet there is a dick talk. I don't know though, because those would probably violate community guidelines. Like they'd have to talk in like code because like in theory, like a kid could stumble across it. Oh, I guess that's true. So like, it can't just be Bummer. like, here's my stuff. Uh, like, cause that would be like pornography. I don't know. Dude. So, Cause I know that's why they like use like the eggplant emoji and like, yeah, stuff I know like- there's BDSM talk, but yeah. it's probably called something way cooler than that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What, what did you read? What romance are you bringing to us? Speaking so of dick talk, I've- you had any BDSM in there? No, there's dicks, but no BDSM. Sorry. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, <laughs> the book I read is called it happened one summer by Tessa Bailey. And this will be out this coming Tuesday. Ooh, a really new one. Yeah. So and Tessa Bailey is, I don't know if you guys have those authors where as soon as something comes out by that person, you're like, okay, that's mine. Stephen King. Yes. I figured Stephen King was yours. Mm-hmm. Tessa nice. Bailey's one of mine. I have probably five or six, but so I really, really like her. Uh, this one is about like picture like a Paris Hilton kind of yes she acts a little ditzy and she's this huge um i don't know that influencer is the right word like silver spoon kind of girl uh but she puts everything in her life on instagram and she has grown up in la and she has this really famous uh film producer stepfather that she lives with and she's 28 years old and she really doesn't have any sort of career or life other than throwing parties and getting more Instagram followers, wearing the right clothes. Kardashian. Yes. Oh yes. She is kind of like a Kardashian too, except without like the drive. Some of them have a lot of businesses and stuff. She's just like, I'm just going to go to parties and stuff, but she's really, really, She's actually really, really insecure because her whole life, she's really pretty. So because she has this really famous stepfather who makes oodles of money, everybody kind of is like, well, you know, don't worry about that, honey, or don't worry about your grades. Like, you're good looking. You'll be fine. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So she's in a relationship with this guy, and it's her longest relationship ever. Three whole weeks. Three I know. weeks. And she's really, really excited about it because it's her longest relationship ever. And he ends it with her in front of a whole bunch of people and says a real a lot of really nasty stuff about her and just how awful she is and you know how shallow she is and stuff. So what do you do when somebody breaks up with you in a really awful way and says terrible things about you? She goes off and she throws this huge party invites like people she doesn't know and (laughs) has it at a place that she's not supposed to have it at like some guy's penthouse pool so she has to break in and then she has billions of people there so of course police show up and she gets arrested and her best friend is like the one that kind of sells her out sells her down the river so her stepfather is done with her 
he's just like, you know what? I'm done throwing it mo- throwing money at situations so that you can get off. And it turns out she and her little sister were born in this tiny, tiny, like fishing village in Washington state. Um, her dad died when they were like really small because he was a, what, a crab fisherman, like one of those deadly catch kind of guys. Mm-hmm. So he died out at sea and the mom met this guy. So this whole time there's been this dive bar that her dad owned and they've never gotten rid of. So her punishment is she has to go to this tiny ass town and work at the dive bar. And there's like terrible Wi-Fi. The service is spotty. Oh my she God, in- terrible I know. Wi-Fi. There's no Chanel store. So she's there's basically like- living the simple life, pun intended. <laughs> The Simple Life. Do you not remember that show? Yes. Oh my God. Yes. It is totally like that. <laughs> and think of that. It is very much like that, except she actually handles it better than Paris and I forget Nicole her. Ritchie. Nicole Ritchie. Yeah. So, um, and she meets a guy and the guy is a widower and he's like a king crab fisherman. He's like the captain of a boat and they go out and for like you know, months at a time, weeks at a time, like catching fish and then they come in. And and so, you know, the whole book is about her reinventing herself because she's not really thrilled with where she's at. Um, but, you know, she feels like that's the only thing she has going for her. I'll tell you what, when I fig- when I like figured out the plot, you start off and you really don't like this girl because the like socialite, mm-hmm. you don't understand that. Who likes that? I think Tessa Bailey did an amazing job of making a really unlikable character, very likable toward the end, hmm. which is hard to do because you really don't like who she is at the beginning. And, and she really kind of makes herself over into a person that you can see being with this regular Joe kind of thing, kind of guy. So that's pretty much the book is her redeeming herself and becoming a better person. And uh, like I said, love this author. Kind of thought this book when I read the synopsis in Goodreads wasn't going to work, but it totally did. Hmm. And you end up liking her at the end, or at least I did. So I really liked it. Gave it five stars. And that again was It Happened One Summer by Tessa Bailey. Cool, cool, cool. And uh, Megan, where are you going today? I'm going (laughs) YA historical fiction. One of my favorite places to live. And as I've mentioned a few times, anytime there's a book set on the Titanic, give me that book. I'm reviewing Luck of the Titanic by Stacey Lee. I literally saw this book just based on the title. I don't remember where it came up in my universe, but I don't even think I read the synopsis. I just said, that's a YA book about Titanic. Put that thing on hold right away. So we have Valor Luck and her twin brother, Jamie, and they are living in England, but they are also Chinese. Their father was Chinese and their mother was English. I'm not sure 100% how they ended up together, but they ended up together living in London, had twins. Their mother has since passed, and their their father has passed. 
and but their father more recently um jamie has gone to work for different coal companies so he's not really living in london valor valora sorry valora is living in london and she's kind of like a lady in waiting for this first class passenger character lady and that lady not a spoiler because it happens in the first not even 100 pages she passes away but valor knows that her brother is on a crew on the titanic that he's they're going somewhere south um to do more coal work and his team of mostly chinese folks are on the titanic and so she's like i gotta get on the titanic because her and her brother used to do acrobat routines like kind of circus routines when they were growing up and she's decided that the only way for them to like kind of get their life back on track is for them to get on the Titanic, get to New York and like befriend Barnum and Bailey or any of the circuses and put their act back together. So that is Valora's focus. And her brother pretty much is not interested and he doesn't even know she's coming to get on the Titanic. He has no idea because they haven't been in touch. So her, the lady she works for passes away and she goes to get on the boat with her ticket that the lady had bought for both of them. And they deny her because she's Chinese, even though she's English. They're like, no, you can't be first class. That can't be right. Did that really happen on the Titanic? Um, I'm that I, I don't know if she's based on anybody in particular. I don't think so, but it wouldn't surprise me that if I just meant like, yeah, be, yes, kind of so, prejudiced against Orientals. Yes. And I didn't realize this, but in New York, the Chinese exclusion act was happening which I had to kind of look up about that. So if you didn't have the proper paperwork as a Chinese person coming across on the Titanic, they wouldn't let you into New York, which was how I, I, I was like, what? I missed this whole part of history. Can we go back and cover it? So the Chinese exclusion act. And so they were like, no, you have to go through third class. There's no way this is your ticket. Like you're trying to be sneaky. So she has to sneak on to the boat because she wants to find her brother and her luggage is already on the boat because they don't, they just would pick it up. Right. Beforehand. And so the only picture left of her parents is on the boat. And so she's like, I got to go and get the picture and find my brother and make all these grandiose plans happen. She manages to get on the boat. It's kind of entertaining her getting on the boat. And she starts to impersonate someone who would be first class. It's not the person she used to work for, but she kind of creates this persona. She wears a veil. She says she's like in mourning. So she's in all black and like wearing a veil. So she hides her face. So no one can really see who she is. And she finds her brother in in third class and they strike up kind of a deal that if she can raise more money than him doing like a street act on the boat, then he will go with her to, to try to schmooze the circus owner that's on the boat. And I'm blanking on that guy's name right now, but he, he was a real person. And if she doesn't, if he raises more money then he's going wherever Columbia or wherever he was heading and she's turning around and going back to London. So it's just a really interesting story of how she has this idea of what she wants. And she's convinced that her brother needs to want the same thing. And he's kind of like, I don't want that. This is what, this is my life. Stop telling me what to do. They do inter. She does interact with a lot of well-known people on the Titanic. Um, she kind of meets most of the first class passengers that you expect, like the Astors and all that kind of group. The one person I was super bummed that she didn't meet who I always feel like should be in every book about the Titanic because she's my favorite person is Molly Brown. 
I was just going to ask about Molly <laughs> Brown because I like her. Yeah, and I think they replaced an, a character. They just took Molly Brown and made her like a fictional character, I kind of think is what happened because there was times she was oh. interacting with this lady. And I was like, I think this is kind of supposed to be a Molly Brown. And in the author's notes, she said, like, you know, I, there, I created people who weren't really on the ship so that I had more freedom to do what I wanted with their story. So I think maybe she replaced Molly Brown with this character. So she could change the story. Yeah. So she could, you know, kind of move her own story along, which I can appreciate. I just really love Molly Brown and I wanted her in the story. So I listened to this on audio and as I was listening to it, I kept thinking like, okay, when's the ship going to hit the iceberg? Cause you know, it's coming. <laughs> and I really was like, man, wouldn't it be cool if in, in chapter 15, because it sank on the 15th. Right, because that's where my like history brain goes, and I was like, that would be so cool, because it was kind of felt like it was heading that direction. But what was really cool, and I don't know if the author did this on purpose or if it was luck of audio timing, is that from the minute the ship hits the iceberg to the end of the audio is the exact same amount of time that it took the Titanic to sink. Well, they did that with the movie, too, you know. So yes. it's not really a surprise yes. that they did try to do that. So I was like it's a still cool. giddy like schoolgirl because I was like watching the timer. It's cool. I yeah. like it when things happen like that. I do, too. Well, whatever. So Just. I was sitting there like watching the timer on the little audiobook. Like, I okay. don't know why that's... It makes me excited when like dates like have a... Sen- have a pattern to them. Yeah. Or like when things sync up and it's like the same timing or... I don't know. I no, just like I, stuff. I was a, I was like texting people, being like, it, "It hit the iceberg at the right time. It's gonna sink like right on time with the audiobook." So I, I loved. I thought that was really cool. Uh, Stacy Lee, if you didn't do that on purpose, well done. If you did it on purpose, also well done. Whichever, well Which, done. Whichever way, well played. It was it was an interesting story because I think a lot of times we hear about the 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 first class passengers of the Titanic, the the Astor family, the Molly Browns, um, those type of folks. So hearing the struggle of third class passengers trying to get off the boat and trying to save themselves and the people they care about was in a really good change. Um, <coughs> sorry, was a really good change, and there were. I think they said there were eight Chinese on the ship and I want to say most of them survived, which if I could be wrong on that, it's been a minute since I read the book, but it was just really interesting because you got a minority viewpoint as well as a third class viewpoint, which was really awesome. The ending was good. It was not what I expected as far as where characters ended up. So that was good. It didn't, I, cause for me, I was like, Oh, I know what's going to happen, but you know, uh, just because I am obsessed with the history of the Titanic Um, but it was not what I expected to happen at the end. And it was really poignant (laughs) insert Martha. I roll here. And that was a death stare. (laughs) So I really enjoyed it. I just love all the things Titanic. So really you can't go wrong with a Titanic book other than you left out Molly Brown, which I think was intentional because you replaced her, but that's fine. It's my only gripe. Well, if they make it a fictional character, then they have more play. Yes. Then they don't have to stick exactly to the the story exactly. The true life of Molly Brown. Yeah. So they can take liberties. Yeah, they made her a fashion designer. It was quite interesting. Hmm. So Val is wearing all these really fancy clothes, like being like the live person model for this fashion designer. So it was kind of fun. Um, 
Draw me like your French girl. I think the hardest thing for me is anytime I read anything Titanic, I have just a wealth of knowledge of Titanic. And so I'm like looking for people like certain moments and certain things and i like she pointed out like the crow's nest guys and she pointed out so i thought she did a good job of including all those people i just just would have used some molly brown in my life because she's sassy as hell and we all need molly brown in our lives you know my sister's best friend's name is molly brown oh that's the dream right there i probably not when it's your name though you're probably like stop calling me (laughs) well i mean when i read something or something and or it could be after I watched the Titanic movie, who freaking knows with me. I'm like calling my sister. I'm like, do you think Molly's related to the unsinkable Molly Brown? That would be so <laughs> cool. She could do. be. She could be. It could be. You never know. And there was Goldens on the Titanic. Well, there uh, you go. Golden Brown. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I'll be here till Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) And that was Luck of the Titanic by Stacey Lee. Except when I looked up the registry, uh, the Golden was in the third class and then the Browns were in the first class. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my favorite survival story of the Titanic is the, the chef from the kitchen. So when the ship started sinking, he was like, oh, hell No. He was like, I am not doing this sober. So he, ah. so he had, so you actually see him in the Titanic movie. He was on the stern. Yeah. On the stern when the ship was sinking with Leo and Kate and he is the one drinking, like taking shots of whiskey as the ship is literally like up and down and sinking and being terrible. He survived because he was so drunk. He didn't feel the cold. They pl- he was one of the few. Right, that's that kind of survival <laughs> yeah. story. Because it slowed his whole body down. And so he didn't die in of hypothermia because he was drunk. Wow. And he. Yeah. I mean, that's why I drink. Just in case just in I case. ever get <laughs> stranded in the Atlantic so, <laughs> Ocean. Yeah. That's, and that's why. I laid out on my front that. lawn going, can somebody turn on this sprinkler and be cool out? <laughs> So, yeah. I think I see an iceberg. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's no, the- that's just the slip and slide. <laughs> <laughs> he was one of the whatever many, 10 or 12, that there, or however many it was, that they actually pulled out of the water that night. It was, it was him. Cool. We're about to go down a hole, kids. Uh-oh. A rabbit hole. A rabbit hole. Rabbit hole. And the hole is so deep and so dark that I really can't see much of anything down here. But I'm going to try to explain it anyway. <laughs> Can we lose that accent before? Yes, I like so. your accent. <laughs> Can you do it the whole time, though? No. Absolutely <laughs> not. Not happening. So today I am reviewing a book called Rabbits by Terry Miles. And for those of you who are avid listeners of podcasts, you will know that there is actually a podcast from which this springs. Now, I did not know that. Before I picked the book up, I picked it up because it looked really super weird. It's described as a techno thriller, an alternate reality game. It kind of reminded me of along the lines of coincidences, Vonnie, where you're Mm -hmm. talking about numbers and things lining up and stuff like that. There is a lot of stuff like that in this book. As a matter of fact, in the book description, I'll just read this to you because I, I really can't describe it any better. 
It's an average work day. You've been wrapped up in a task and you check the clock when you come up for air. It's 4.44 p.m. Then you go check your email, 44 unread messages. And with a shock, you realize it's April 4th. And when you get in your car to drive home, your odometer says 44444. That would be awesome. So is it a coincidence or have you just gone down a rabbit hole? You have lost me. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, I lost myself in this one, too. There's like a rift so, in time. It really was kind of creeping me out, to be honest. It's one of those books where you're not really quite sure if the main character, if they're sane, if they're insane, or if they're not sane. God, how do I even describe that? <laughs> okay, remember the book A Beautiful Mind? Mm-hmm. Okay, that guy was experiencing all kinds of things that he thought were real. Well, in the very beginning of the book, I kind of thought maybe that this person was not altogether sane and that they were just having hallucinations or something. Because, for example, all kinds of weird stuff happens to this person. Is it like that Inception movie where you're not sure where you're at like if well you're inception in the real world or the fake world inception it's just that when they're dreaming right right well this is like it, this is like when you misremember things okay oh, you, you sort of yourself. you sort of think that things are one way for example there's a couple of sections in the book where the main character or, or they see something that that doesn't fit because they know the fact that this restaurant went out of business six years ago but yet there are people there. And then they say something to their to their um, significant other, and that person says, Well, we just ate there on Monday. But yet that but yet th- that person remembers the place closing down. So it's almost like it's like a Mandela effect. Yes, exactly. They talk about the Mandela effect. Where, they talk like, about yeah. people remembering oh. that he died in prison, but he didn't. So right. it's like the alternate reality type theme runs throughout the whole thing. But the reason it's so hard to explain is that it's so confusing because it's supposed to be this game. Okay, imagine that there's a game, but you don't know what the rules are mm-hmm. and you don't know who's playing and you can't talk to anybody who's playing about it. Okay. Like Fight Club. Okay. No, I was thinking I was thinking about the game. You're welcome, millennials. The the object of the game is that you 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 have to forget about the game and then when someone says the game, you've lost the game. Oh, okay. Well, so what? I just pissed off all the millennials. Well, You're yeah, welcome. Well, whatever. <laughs> so so it it's weird because this person will think, "Okay, I've got to find out more about this game." But yet there doesn't seem to be any game and the person gets some clues, but you don't know what the hell's going on. Three quarters of the damn book. And it made me feel like this must be what it's like to go completely insane. And I was very freaked out for a good portion of the book, but it definitely has the alternate reality theme running very strongly through it because a lot of times there'll be things that, are super wrong. I mean, like there's one section where this person goes to this park and there's a sculpture in this park where 
there's a god i don't remember what it is something holding a volkswagen like a big big statue of some i don't remember what it is but you know what this book reminds me of what the matrix it has matrixy type feel to it because it it seems like every time they came out of the now it's been a while since i've watched the movie so correct me if i'm wrong but it's like every time they came out of the matrix like things were different yeah they changed in the real world quote unquote. yeah yeah but then the other person didn't know about any of the changes because they were in the matrix when yeah the changes happen so like the so trippy it hurts my head like it's like they they went skipped into the future and they saw the restaurant closing down but then they skipped back in time because they went through the matrix and then they just ate yes. lunch there on monday yes and that's kind of there's like a lot of reminds stuff like of. yes there's a lot of stuff like that and the people who are playing the game you just ran a uh, shush i can't help it i literally <laughs> just texted my emu friend group chat of my aussies and i was like you all just fucking lost the game because i just had to explain the game to my co-cod podcasters so anyway <laughs> th- this this thing you only know that it's been being played because there have been 10 winners and they'll come at the you'll only see this list in some very strange places. Like for example, one of the places that the, the list of people who've won comes up is on this random ass video game console, like one of those old fashioned ones in some random fucking business where they're playing all the way through it. You know, when it, at the end yeah. it comes up with the winner, that's where the winner list is. This sounds like the Matrix had a love child with Ready Player One. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and the right? Mandela effect. I'm telling you, I, I, I wasn't even going to review the book because it's so weird that it almost defies description. I'm really surprised you haven't heard of this podcast, Megan. It seems like the kind of thing you would have I enjoyed. hadn't heard of it either because I'm not really, oddly enough, much of a podcast listener. I'm more into the books, so... I feel like it would make my head hurt. It makes my head hurt even trying to explain it, but that's what makes it so cool. And it gets cooler as it goes along. I almost didn't like it. Because as you go further in, then you start to go, oh. And you sort of get into that rabbit hole and start to figure some things out. Mm-hmm. And a few things are explained, but it's still super trippy. It does have some Inception vibes. It's got some Matrix vibes. It has some Ready Player One mixed in there. It's just fucking bizarre. Bizarre! And you know how much I love weird stuff. So I had to at least <laughs> attempt to let you know that this is really a cool book. It was one of those things that if you like escape rooms or puzzles... You might like it just for the sheer joy of trying to figure it out. Yeah, it was pretty freaking strange. And it had a really cool cover, too. But now I am sort of intrigued about the podcast because I, I've i never really listened to a podcast that was a fiction podcast. I didn't even know that sort of thing existed because I, I live in a very sheltered <laughs> but it, it 56-year-old's life. It very much um, reads like 
and they make you believe that it's real. Like, yes. It's, it's it's like uh, this woman goes looking for her, like a woman in college goes looking for her best friend. Yep. And I mean, just like you said, it's a rabbit hole because all she knows are like a few little snippets of things. And she just goes on this bizarre quest and she knows there's some sort of game, but you can't talk about the game. And, and you so can't nobody... ask questions about the game because right. if you do, the... then people are going to die and people start dying. And yeah, then and everybody's freaked out. Like everywhere she goes, she just meets people who are desperately afraid of her because she they think she knows too much and she knows nothing kind of thing. Yes, so she it's... knows too much, but yet she knows nothing. Yeah. And Keith and her daughter have actually listened to the podcast. So was my description even close to? We've listened to it. And I don't know that I understand still. Like, <laughs> we listened to episodes. My daughter and I were like looking at each other and we're like, what the hell just happened? And like, yeah. And it's, it's, it's very, the more you get answers, the more you have questions. Yeah, and it's like so, the, and the answers are not very satisfying. The answers you get, yes, thank you. The answers you get aren't satisfying, and instead you have more and more questions. Exactly, but it, it's very. But this yeah. person, the main character, and I can't remember her name right off the top of my head, but she is. I mean, you. I really, honestly, thought that she must be mentally ill. I really yeah. thought that for the first probably good half of the book. I was thinking. This has got to be a beautiful mind right here. And and I was kind of not liking it because I don't really like those kinds of books cuz they remind me of my, they remind me of my dad and I don't necessarily want to read about that. Right. But it's like there are so many times when she's questioning her own sanity. Cuz some weird shit happened to her when she was young. And she almost died and her best friend did die. But then a, later her best friend shows up and it's like all this. Ugh! So I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not going to try to explain anymore because I'm just digging myself deeper down the hole. Speaking <laughs> of which, the game and the name of the book is Rabbits by Terry Miles. Oh, and I read the whole damn book and I still really don't understand why the game is called Rabbits. I really don't, except for maybe Alice in Wonderland down the fucking rabbit hole. That's the only thing I can think of. Well, I mean, because they all lost the game. Whatever you say is probably right, Megan, because you've got your own little narrative going over there. <laughs> you've just triggered an entire generation every time you said the game, and it's amazing. Good. No, I freaking love it. I might have to make a graphic just to fuck with some people on social media. <laughs> Good. I love it when I'm talking about something I don't know anything about. You're like, did I miss something? It's like the ultimate fucking inside joke. Mm. That's yeah. literally well, that's the point of the game. Of, that is a beautiful way of describing it. If any of the book girls have any, like, I mean, I've listened to it and I still don't really know what's going on. So if any of you have any like ideas or more insight than we do you should share it with us yeah let us even know though, man I, I, even so, though you're not supposed to <laughs> you're not supposed to talk about fight club at hell if you don't talk about fight club how is anybody else gonna know about fight club so i texted my i texted my aussie friends and i said i lost the game just how to explain it and my friend brad sent back three like 
fuck you face emojis and lost it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> We're not millennials. So I think Megan has lost her shit. shit. She's thing. finally lost her shit. We'll t- you know what? When this podcast goes up, we'll put a poll up on our Facebook page and we will ask people if they have lost the game. Okay. Holy shit. I have no clue. Stop making me feel old, Megan! <laughs> yeah. I eat normal mushrooms, so I have none of the... <laughs> I don't know what the fuck anyone's talking about. <laughs> Let's go see if Dylan could get us some special brownies. Maybe that will help. Yay! I, I don't think like I'll even understand then. I just won't care anymore. <laughs> I'll have to carry Vonnie into her house. <laughs> <laughs> you have to drive me and Echo home. Hmm. <laughs> Good thing I got a blow up bed. Y'all can stay the night. Mm-hmm. The couch is uh, fine. That wasn't what I thought you were going to say when you start with blow up. I'm Oops. glad she ended that with bed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> that sounded oddly sexual. <laughs> Find me a blow up penis. <laughs> oh, that's what is that what Vonnie's going to put oh, on your of- pandemic list? <laughs> A blow up penis. Her penis on the go. There's <laughs> <laughs> a new word the blow job. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> You've broken the podcast. I don't know if we can go anymore. <laughs> I think we gotta end now. That's gonna do it for Three, three book, book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.